The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Anytime you get to the century mark in whatever it is, it's a special occasion. This week marks the 100th homecoming for Eastern Michigan Athletics, the 93rd time a game has been played on homecoming Alex Jewell. We can only count down the episodes till we get to number 100 for this Eastern Insider podcast. We're getting there. I, I hope that we do get there. That means that we're doing something right. That means that the listeners continue uh, to tune in. So, before we get going into this episode, as always, thank you to everybody listening in. I hope that your day is going well. I hope it's an awesome start to the week. And I hope that you'll get to come home to Ypsilanti this week, whether you're an alum or just a fan or a current student. Make sure to spend some time on campus this week. There's a lot of great activities and promotions going on all across campus and the athletics campus as well. And then, of course, it'll culminate with the football game this coming Saturday, 3.30 p.m. kickoff against Miami at the factory. There's a lot of places to hang out beforehand, a lot of tailgates going on, a lot of different fun activities in the front lawn. So really, it's a great opportunity, whether you're a student, whether you're an alum, a supporter, or you want to have some family fun here in Ypsilanti, it's the best way to bring your family out to a different atmosphere and and to show them college athletics. A great opportunity again this week to do that here with us. Yeah, you mentioned it. Most of the the teams around Eastern Michigan are on the road this week, but there are plenty of events going on. Track and field will will honor the life of uh, Paul McMullen and Bob Parks this weekend with a celebration of life on Friday night. And then on Saturday, rowing will have their usual alumni event that they'll have alumni rowing out on Forward Lake. Men's basketballs holding an open scrimmage for their alums. Gymnastics having their thing. The all-sports reunion will be in the southeast corner of Rynearson Stadium. It's open to all former EMU student-athletes. Uh, for information on that, just go to emueagles.com or call the EMU ticket office for more information. $30 gets you in the door. And then the homecoming game as well. We also do have an event going on on campus right now as well that we don't often have. And that's the Shirley Spork Invitational going on at Eagle Crest today. And then again, tomorrow, weather so far has not been great out at Eagle Crest, but we know sunny skies will be developing. And more importantly, Alex's Jules Slice will be out there in full effect as well. (laughs) Well, if you're talking about slices this week, it's probably a slice of cheese on the Eagle Crest hamburger. Best lunch in town. Most underrated lunch or dinner, I think, is from the Eagle Crest Grill. So that's open and pumping out food despite the weather. And Greg, you know, you know what people say is uh, bad weather on the golf course is still better than good weather in the office. So if you have a chance to get out for a few minutes today or tomorrow to Eagle Crest to watch some really impressive college golf, every time you and I are out there, no matter what team's playing, they hit the ball and you instantly feel terrible about your own golf game. So uh, a great opportunity to see them out there this week. Coach Stephanie Jennings, she'll be out and around the course doing her thing, but she's uh, also an alum and it's a big week for her because it's homecoming. So if you see her out there, tell her you're there to support her Eagles and uh, she will certainly give you a smile, might even give you a high five or a hug. So a a really fun event out there with the Shirley Sport. Always so well done. And Eastern Michigan golf team this year, Greg, I know you cover them primarily. They've got a chance to be pretty good. So some fun action to see some really good golf. Back-to-back runner-up finishes at their first two events. They finished second at Ball State and then lost in a tiebreaker at Oakland. Uh, As we're recording this episode right now, Eagles golf team on top of the Shirley Sport. So follow along on emueagles.com all uh, this week. And then they'll be back in action at the end of the week as well. So uh, the week 
that was in EMU Athletics football goes on the road to DeKalb. It was a weekend that everybody in, in the 48197 could have just moved to DeKalb if you wanted to start setting up uh, a, a tab out there because we had football, two volleyball matches, soccer was all there. Unfortunately, Eagles picked up only two wins and four possible tries out in DeKalb. Volleyball won their second match of the of the weekend, and then soccer comes away with a winner. Football was not so lucky on Saturday. A lengthy weather delay, first time EMU had experienced a weather delay, anything like that, on the road since Bowling Green, but that was prior to the start of the game, and it was a, a weird atmosphere for a while, but the Eagles finally got offense going in the second half, but a little too late uh, to pull off the upset. Well, there will be lots of opportunity to hear from Coach Creighton. Uh, today's press conference will, of course, be uploaded this afternoon. You'll hear him all throughout the week. You'll hear him just coming up in this podcast episode as well. So, Greg, we won't spend too much time dwelling on the issues that Eastern Michigan had, but uh, what I will say is a much better second half for Eastern Michigan, a two-hour, 45-minute rain delay in between the first and second quarter. So we really got like a three-hour halftime, and then they cut halftime down to 10 minutes. So it was just a really weird set of events, something I've never been a part of, and I I know it was definitely a challenge for Eastern Michigan. But nonetheless, I don't think Coach Creighton will use that as an excuse. This was a tough loss. Eastern Michigan, uh, let's just call it how it is, a lot better they could have played. There's a lot of issues that need to be addressed. The good thing about this team, though, Greg, is you hear it every week. The mantra is 1-0. It's time to get rid of uh, either a loss or a win after 24 hours. So they'll do that. And I think uh, Eastern Michigan will, will be back and incredibly focused for a really good opportunity to beat Miami this Saturday and get a homecoming win. The, the stadium should be packed. It should be a great atmosphere. And Eastern Michigan still setting their own destiny. Only one MAC game down a chance to still move to 4-2 and two this weekend and control their own their own fate in the MAC. So yep. a really good opportunity. Miami's had Eastern's number over the years, but it will be the first time the two have ever met on EMU's homecoming. Speaking of a guy who is coming home, our second interview in this show will be a guy that you see all too often on Valley Sports Net Detroit. He is the in-game analyst and studio host for the Detroit Pistons and the first ever Mid-American Conference Player of the Year to hail from Eastern Michigan, and that's Grant Long. Grant Long is has a resume that it's too long to talk about on this show. Of course, you know what he's meant to this program here at Eastern Michigan. If you don't know Grant Long, as Greg said, first Mac player of the year, led Eastern Michigan to its first ever MAC championship, took Eastern to its first NCAA tournament, has his jersey retired, one of only four in program history that if you come into the Convocation Center, his jersey is in the rafters. And he was back with us about a week ago, Greg, for the Hall of Fame ceremony. Two of his teammates, when he was an upperclassman, they were underclassmen, Carl and Charles Thomas, they went into the Hall of Fame. Now that's an honor that Grant Long got, oh, about 20 years ago. So a long time, he's already been an E-Club Hall of Famer, but a really awesome interview where he... We'll talk about his time at Eastern Michigan, his time after Eastern Michigan, what the building of the program and the athletics has looked like, his thoughts on Stan Heath, the men's basketball coach, who was also another teammate of his. And Greg, it's a big week because Grant Long will also let you know whether he thinks he's better than Matt Shepard on the air when it comes to Valley sports. So that could be a debate that our, our listeners might have to settle. Grant Long uh, you know, has, some, has a, some insight there. So a really interesting interview, a great chance to hear from Grant Long. He was excited to be back and to talk to you, the listeners and the fans and uh, he'll be back at homecoming this week too so if you get to listen to the episode and you see him at homecoming he wanted you to come up say hello to him if you get a chance you'll be able to reference some of the things that he talks about in the interview so we're excited to hear uh, from him and, and thankful that he was able to join us this week for the full list of emu homecoming events go to image.edu homecoming or go to emueagles.com for 
all details. It is a home game week. That also means your opportunity to take home tickets from us. We would be happy to give you tickets to come out to this weekend's game on Alex and My Dime. All you have to do is listen for the keyword in this show that'll be coming up. Make sure to listen in and then DM Alex as always on our social media channels to let us know what that keyword is and why you want to come back to homecoming and we'll get you those tickets. Uh, a big week on the big show. And more importantly, I think we should get to the our, the true guests in the meat of this episode. That's right, Greg, a big week. We're excited that you'll be back on campus. We're excited to see you on Saturday at the homecoming game. And I'm excited to get your DMs on either EMU Athletics or my personal account. Ten, send us that keyword. Tell us why you want to come home. And there's four tickets on me and Greg. So we'll see you Saturday. For now, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan by providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Whether you're in the D or out to sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast. 100th homecoming edition this week, and we are joined by EMU head football coach Chris Creighton. You hear 100 homecomings, and you've been lucky enough to now be around for eight of them. What uh, is your favorite part of seeing people come back to campus for homecoming? Well, it's a good question. You know, I go back to 2016 when we were hosting Toledo, and we were you know, driving on the buses from the Marriott at Eagle Crest uh, and turned on to Hewitt past the um, the U House and you could see both sides of the street every parking lot spot was taken it was just an awesome I'll never forget it um, smoke you know just mm-hmm flying out of grills and balls flying, um, flags waving. It was, uh, I'm telling you, it was just an awesome sight. Your wife got stuck in traffic, right? My wife told me later, um, uh, she said, I got stuck in Eastern Michigan football traffic, you know, and it was uh, just a really, really, really good thing. So that that's just a great memory for me. Um, and then, you know, our... Uh, our homecoming pep rallies uh, have been a lot of fun. And I understand that we've canceled this one for, you know, obvious reasons, which is a bummer um, because, you know, it's two years now. And so, but it's a, it, yeah, you're, you are right, but you still have Eagle walk. They, people can't forget oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, they can yeah. still come out and uh, see you in that format. No, though. I'm just yeah. talking about, you know, the, the night before the right, game yeah. where we go down in, in front of the student yeah. center and everybody's there. And um, those have been really, really good. Um, and so Eagle Walk, no, there's absolutely a chance to to meet and greet the team and uh, all that a couple hours before the game when we get there. That, that's not going anywhere. How much does a thing like Eagle Walk affect the team to really see people out there supporting them? And how you think back to the Quick Lane Bowl and the streets were just filled with people. If you have a, a, that situation come this Saturday, how much does that help the team? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, whether whether it should or shouldn't, and whatever you want to say, I mean, you know, it it does. You know, it does. It, uh, 
it feels good when when people care. It feels good when when you're being supported. You know, um, there's no question. It feels like um, it's a bigger deal. You know, than maybe just for you know us and for our purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you mentioned that 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 eagle walk was um, incredible. You know, at the Quick Lane Bowl. Um, there's, there's no question. I mean, it's just, uh, um, a highlight, you know, for our guys will never forget. Um, so, um, you know, we know that there's, um, hundreds of thousands of living EMU alumni and, uh, that love this place, you know, and what we've said for the last eight years is, you know, we want to be, um, a part of the source of pride, um, you know, that people have, uh, for, for this university and, and, you know, for this football program. And, you know, obviously we're far from perfect, you know, we haven't won every game and, and whatnot, but I can tell you that, uh, our guys, the, the players are worthy of being proud of, um, who they are, their efforts, their ability, um, all of it. And so, you know, we're, um, hoping and expecting to have, you know, a, a great crowd, um, a huge celebration of the 100th homecoming, you know, at Eastern Michigan University. It's a really big deal. Now, before we talk a little bit more about Miami, look back at the week that was. Uh, you go on the road to NIU. It's already a long trip. Uh, then you have a weather delay. We talked off air. Uh, it, it's hard to, to coach, anticipate, because lightning could disappear at any moment, could also reappear at any moment. How, When you're in that locker room, how do you go about making sure that they're taking care of themselves, but also realizing that any minute we could be back out there playing football? Well, so here's the challenge. And, and let me just say this again. The challenge is equal for both teams, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. So these are not... Um, these are not excuses. This is just, you know, I've won lightning delays before. Okay. We lost this one. Um, the challenge is not knowing how long the delay is going to be period. Yep. So this one ended up being two hours and 45 minutes. Every time that we reset, it's 30 minutes. I asked Dylan, our chief of staff, Um, and he said it was 14 or 15 resets. So that's 14 or 15 times when, you know, you're either getting ready or you're Mm -hmm. hoping and then boom, you get turned back. So when do you tell the guys to take off their pads? You know, when do you start ordering food? Right. You know, we're having discussions about this might not clear until eight, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. got to get it in by midnight. Are we going to stay the night and play the rest tomorrow? So you can't for two hours and 45 minutes, it's counterproductive to have everyone with their helmet on, not talking, you know, and banging their head against the locker, you know, going through the game plan. Um, and so I think that's the tough thing. So really what you rely on is just the, the maturity of your team and just let them know when the time comes, we're going to let you know, and you've got to have the ability to be able to flip the switch. Um, and, uh, you know, defensively we did, you know, yep. we ended up having, um, you know, coach another, called it the, the best quarter that we've played defensively this year. Um, and obviously it was, you know, uh, disastrous off, uh, offensively. Um, and, uh, 
you know, we have to play complimentary football. We don't have to play perfect football, but we have to, you know, play at a high level uh, every week in the Mid-America Conference, um, you know, to win football games. And, and uh, we failed to do that Saturday. Defensively, you, you talked about the best quarter. I mean, you, you're able to hold NIU's offense to just 84 yards passing. And really, after the reset, they were not able to, to move the football as big of chunks before. But you mentioned the two turnaway, turnovers, uh, certainly leading to 14 points in the difference. Uh, when you look at defensive making strides, and how much of a, a factor is, do you think, the taking last year's six games adding this year for all that growth of those guys to come together, to, to continue to evolve. Talking about our defense. Uh, your defense. Oh, yeah. 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 No, that's a major factor. You know, I think that uh, had a good plan and worked a plan, you know, their the quarterback's very dangerous, you know, with his feet um, and then ha- has a very strong arm. Um, you know, when he, he, he pulled it and, and was successful on, on uh, one play in particular where he scored. But other than that, we really took, you know, his ability to run the ball out of it and then, you know, wanted to limit the explosives. Um, we we feel as though defensively, you know, three or less in a game is, is a win and we held them to three. Um, our effort, we just knew that they were going to want to run the football um, and, and uh, that it was going to be a very physical game and that we had to have a – a uh, high level of effort. We graded out at 99% in our effort grade defensively, uh, you know, which is, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so our guys played really, really hard and, and worked the plan. So um, try to keep the ball in front of us and, you know, just mean that they're not going to gain yards, um, but, you know, make them go the entire field and without making any mistakes and keeping the ball in front of us and, um Again, our defense gave us gave us a chance and took the ball away. Um, would have loved to have taken it away again, you know, in the second half mm-hmm. when our when our offense was, uh, you know, feeling a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more in rhythm. Um, and uh, thought we had, you know, a another possession there with the onside kick, but didn't end up going that way. When you look at, at some of the guys that also you got back in this game, Blake Bogan plays significant time getting tackles. You get a guy like Dimitri Douglas who has been out. He's back and, and played some snaps. How vital was it also to see some of those guys back who you've been missing? Well, it's great having them back. You know, it's, I mean, the way this works now that we're, I mean, we're what, five days away from halfway done with the regular season. And, uh, you know, so we're in it and you have some guys who are out long term. You have some guys who are out for a while, you know, might be weeks or whatnot, but then they come back, um, you know, and some guys are more week to week or, or day to day. And so, uh, unfortunately, you might get someone who's banged up, but then you, you, know, you turn around and you get someone back and you never forget about those guys. But you have to put all your focus into you know, getting the guys ready that are, that are going to be able to play. And, you know, I mean, getting a Blake Bogan back, you know, getting a, a Russ Baden mm-hmm. um, back. I mean, we're, uh, uh, Mark Lee is going to be coming back. You know, you mentioned uh, Dimitri, right? Soon we'll have Tanner Canoe coming back and, and uh, all, all of those guys and many more. Uh, you know, help us. This week's opponent, the Red Hawks of Miami. The Red Hawks two years ago were the MAC champions in this league. Had this quarterback that is currently splitting time playing out there. When you see Miami and the challenges that they present, what stands off at you as we talk here on Monday? Granted, we know a lot can change before Saturday. 
Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, they are playing two quarterbacks, but, uh, you know, um, Gabbard started as a yeah. as a freshman and let him do a championship. It's pretty good. That's really good for a freshman. <laughs> pretty good. And and it wasn't that he wasn't making plays, you know. Um, I mean, we followed him in, in recruiting and whatnot. We think he's uh, really, really good. I was just talking about it, you know, in the in the press conference. Um They've got a couple of backs back. I mean, they've got some really speedy backs, but then we some some backs that have not been playing are now back. Uh, their wide receivers have always been good. Um, we know both of those guys, uh, super talented, you know. And then um, we know the guy coaching the offensive line, and so we know that those guys are are going to play great. So lots of challenges uh, offensively. Um, be different than than last week, um, and uh, but probably have to defend you know more of the field. Um, and the defensively, you know, um, I think that they're extremely well coached. Um, they've recruited really well. They've got talented guys who know what they're doing, um, and you know they want to take the take the runaway, and, and they do that very effectively and feel really good about their secondary being able to, to man you up and they don't play man exclusively. They they can play zone and do that. Um, they're just uh, they, they're assignment sound, they're disciplined, they play hard, and they're talented. So this is going to be a, um, you know, a, a very difficult challenge this week. And uh, I know our guys are – um, excited about getting started with prep and um, getting ready to for the slow build, you know, emotionally for for Saturday afternoon. Three thirty kick off, as Coach mentioned, first time the Eagles and Red Hawks have ever played on Eastern's homecoming. Should be a fun one, Coach. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks, go Eagles, Coach and I. Your weekly chat every week, and Alex and I. After this message, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. It's time for another Eastern Insider keyword. Fans, don't forget to message EMU Athletic on Facebook or Twitter with today's keyword for your chance to win an exclusive prize. Now, listen up. It's homecoming week, which makes this week's keyword obvious. It's homecoming. Homecoming is the word. DM it to us. Send it in. You've got a chance to win four free tickets to the game on me and Greg. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Your home for all things Eastern all the time. Every week we tell you we bring you inside the athletic department at Eastern Michigan. And one of the things we try to do is bring you some great guests who have played once before and some legends of the game. And we're certainly pleased now to be joined by one of the best to ever do it. He's got his jersey in the rafters here at the Convocation Center. He's here tonight for the E-Club Hall of Fame inductions in 2021. We're talking just after the show. He was here in support of Carl and Charles Thomas, two of his great friends and teammates. It's the one, the only Grant Long, one of the greatest to ever do it at Eastern Michigan. Grant, first off, thanks for joining us for a few minutes today. I know it's a lot of emotion in a night like tonight. Sure. Being back in this building, seeing some of your great friends get honored with an honor that you've already had in your career. I mean, what is it? How special is it to be able to drive back here and spend a day in Ypsilanti and really take it all in? Well, I think it's twofold. Uh, first of all, I get to get back to the campus. Uh, I do get back here during the basketball season, not as much as I would like because we have conflicting schedules. However, to get back here and get 
get around the campus and see some of the same buildings and uh, monuments, if you will, that were still standing when I was a student here. And then to get back and support Charles and Carl. These are these are guys that when I was a sophomore, these guys came to the university, took them under my wing and tried to show them or create a leadership role for them. We knew when they came in that they were very talented freshmen. And if we were going to win, we were going to need them to be at the top of their game. So right off the top, when they when they arrived here, we tried to nourish those guys. We tried to, to influence them and keep them going and stay positive with them, even though they had some downtimes. Carl got hurt in his freshman year. Charles was able to assume a role. And you heard Charles talk about only scoring four points his freshman year, but he was still in tune to what we were trying to do. We stayed focused. We stayed on those guys because we knew how valuable they would be, not only in their freshman year, but as the years went on. So I'm not surprised to see that these guys are here being inducted into the Hall of Fame. There was no way that I was going to miss this because, like I said, I feel like I was part of that nurturing process to get them to this point. Well, you look at your own career, whether it's in college or a decade in the NBA here at Eastern Michigan, helping lead the team to the first ever MAC championship NCAA appearance, a great stint in the pros, and now still heavily involved in the game of basketball, doing analyst work for Ballet Sports yep. uh, with the Detroit Pistons. But when you're back for a night like this, and, and I was at the ceremony watching the, the induction speeches from Carl and, and Charles Thomas, and not one of them, but both of them are up there saying what you just told me about how one of the best things that they had in their life was people like you mentoring them through all the accolades that you've had in your career as a professional. I've got to imagine it's really humbling to hear somebody say that, that you made an impact on them as a human being. Absolutely. And you have to think about the magnitude of tonight. These guys are going into the Hall of Fame. This is this is big. You know, there's a lot of people that get their numbers retired, so forth and so on. But when you go into the Hall of Fame at your respective university, that's a major thing. Not everybody gets the opportunity to do that. So there's a lot of people that have helped you along the way. Some you think, some you don't think. But these guys understood the magnitude of what was going on. They were very young when they came to Eastern Michigan University. And again, you heard them thank their parents. Both parents were in their lives. So when you have kids like that, who come from good homes, they they recognize that leadership is something that's going to be key for them to move forward. And let me say this also, most of the time when freshmen come to a university, it's a very difficult transition because you have to understand everything is so competitive. You have to find the balance between supporting your teammates, but yet being competitive because everybody's out to try to get a starting position. There's only sure. five guys that can start. So you have to find that balance of supporting your teammates, yet still compete. And that's what we were able to show these guys. When I got here as a freshman, that wasn't the case. It was every man for themselves. It wasn't a lot of support for the freshmen because they felt like we were coming in to take their job. I wanted to change that because we needed our freshmen to be support. We needed our freshmen to be part of our team. They were going to help us win. So in order to do that, we had to bring, bring them into the fold and not push them away. And I think that's what these guys understood very early on. Well, they did help you win, and they also helped you continue on the legacy of Eastern Michigan basketball that you kind of helped establish. I heard you talking earlier about after you were already gone in the NBA. I know you and Christian Leitner had a little banter when they, when these guys <laughs> yes. went to the NCAA tournament again. I mean, I, that's got to be uh, prideful for you, not only to, to help have build that relationship as you wanted it to be built, but then after you moved on to see the sustained, sustained success that, uh, you know, Ben Braun had and Charles and, and yep. Carl had and being able to carry that on really for a long time here at Eastern Michigan, uh, the success that they've ensued. Listen, that was one of the highlights. I played in the NBA for 15 years. And the time that Eastern played Duke, Christian Leitner was my teammate. Christian Leitner, <laughs> when you think of Duke, he is the guy that you think sure. of hitting winning shot, winning shot after winning shot. 
championships at Duke University. We were teammates when Eastern suited up to play Duke in that champ in, in that game. And boy, I tell you what, I was biting my fingernails the entire time because he was bragging to all of our teammates how bad Duke was going to beat Eastern Michigan. And, you know, I'm just like, oh man, even myself, when you think of all the lure that comes along with the Duke University, with Duke University, you think they're almost that that evil empire that can't be beat. So in my heart, I wanted Eastern to win that game. We had a small wager on it. I'll tell you what, I had my confidence. Well, you could do that. You were in the NBA. I, I had you the confidence in my team because I put the put the wager on with Christian Leitner and we watched that game together. And I'll tell you what, boy, it was, it was back and forth, back and forth. And when we feel finally realized that we were going to win that basketball game. The look that he had on his face and the look that I had on my face. You don't have any pictures, do you? It was priceless. It was priceless. <laughs> Let me tell you, to, to have that come full circle and to beat a team like Duke University. And not only do that, but have one of the Duke University's well-respected rep- representatives, Christian Leitner, as my teammate. It, it didn't get any better for, for me in that year. Well, I'll tell you what, I think most of our listenership bases in the Southeast Michigan region, a little bit of the Midwest, but I think this episode, probably you telling that story in Chapel Hill, I think they're going to be going crazy <laughs> to hear about uh, Chris, Christian Leitner's displeasure. And you are spending a few minutes here with E-Club Hall of Famer Grant Long. He's at the 2021 induction ceremony. Just watched two of his teammates go to the Hall of Fame. Would be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about your own career. When you think about yourself and the career that you've had watching these two teammates go in, does it bring back memories of your own time here and your own ability to say that I'm an E-Club Hall of Famer. And you said earlier, a lot of people have their numbers retired. That's not the case. You're one of four in this convocation <laughs> center that that number will never uh, be brought down. I mean, it does, it's got to bring back some emotion for you. And listen, uh, like I said, this is huge because when you think about the NFL and the NBA just had their enshrinements for the year as well. Calvin Johnson from the Detroit Lions goes in. Chris Weber and a lot of those guys get into the NBA Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. This, to me, is that for us. This, this, is, this is being immortalized. You know, when we're long gone, we're going to be there. And then you heard the, the president, the athletic director, talking about the interactive uh, Hall of Fame that's going to uh, follow this uh, in the next couple of years, maybe. So this, we're, we're going to be here. You know, we didn't we didn't get a jacket, so to speak. You know, the orange or green sure. jacket, but it's the same thing. It's the equivalent to putting that jacket on when you get elected into your university's Hall of Fame. Like I said, I didn't get elected into the Naismith Hall of Fame, but my university thought enough of me to say, hey, we're putting him in the Hall of Fame. And just like the other the professional Hall of Fame where all the other guys come back to support the incoming class, I felt it was my obligation, not only because obviously I know Charles and Carl, they were my teammates, but I wanted to keep that tradition to support the incoming class as a former Hall of Famer myself. You know, a lot of people, they learn about Eastern Michigan and don't realize how deep the talent pool has run in the history. They don't realize the ties that so many people have. They hear George Irvin went here. They hear that you went here. They hear about Earl Charles Boykins. and Earl Bo- I mean, it just, yeah. the list goes on and on. That's just basketball. Yes. And, we, and we can go on and on. I know that you're still obviously in the area. You're working for Valley Sports. You stay connected. Yes. It's also got to make you proud that Eastern Michigan basketball is starting a new era. We've got Stan Heath. My former teammate as well. Your former teammate as well. Another one that now gets to come back and lead the program. Is it safe to say that uh, you're excited about the era that's going to come with Stan Heath and, uh, and hopefully yes. the success it'll ensue? I am extremely excited because Stan has had a successful track record. He knows coaching at every level. Um, he's been with the pros. He's been with college. He's been with high school. He understands basketball at the foundational uh, point of it. So I think he's going to do a fine job. He's a very good motivator. He's a very good 
leader. I remember when he was here, he was one of the guys that, as my freshman, as a freshman, he was one of those guys that I looked at and said, hey, he's doing it the right way. And he's continued that same theme throughout his coaching career. So I've got nothing but good things and good positive vibes with Stan Heath being the new head coach. Let me say this, too, because we're talking about the whole Hall of Fame now. Um, as, as a thought just came to me, we're going to do jackets. We're, we're going to do something. We, we have to. I think we have. We I think you're absolutely. How good would a green, big, a green jacket with a jacket block look. E I mean, on it? Unbelievable. We've got to be able to do that. I think we definitely have we to do have that. We have to be able to do that. Most popular man in the room is getting uh, fist bumps why, as we're talking. The jacket, I think, sounds great. A, a we can get on jacket. that for sure. Greg, what do you think? I mean, we a can green get on that. jacket with a block piece for the incoming. It's, <laughs> I say it's got to be done. Grant Long is a Hall of Famer. He wants jackets, and we'll get him out of here on this. We talked about some of those deep ties to Michigan, the Detroit area. You've got deep Eastern Michigan ties to Valley Sports, too. I don't know. You obviously know Matt Shepard, play-by-play voice of the Tigers. Also the play-by-play voice for Eastern Michigan football. I'm going to put you on the spot right now and here and now. Matt Shepard, Grant Long, who's who's the better Valley Sports employee if I were to if I if I were to ask? Because Matt Shepard, we all know he'll he'll talk himself up quite a bit. Matt Shepard. And when are you going to do baseball? We all know Matt Shepard as the hardest guy, hardest working guy in show business. He really is. He does everything. He can do basketball. He can do hockey he can do baseball and i mean he can turn on saturday night he can do football and on sunday he's doing hockey and he's very well prepared to do both of them so hats off to matt have you ever asked him to get in the booth in baseball you got to fill in on tigers Uh, game i don't want to do that that'd be a heck of a i'm a huge baseball fan but i don't want to do that (laughs) grant we we cannot thank you enough for taking a few minutes with us we can't thank you enough for being the ambassador to this university that you are i'm a fellow alum for so for me uh, it's always exciting to uh to get to see what you're doing and i know that all of our fans will will be excited to hear from you. Don't be a stranger, please. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to come back on with us sometime. Homecoming coming up. I want everybody there. Let's go. Awesome. Well, he's Grant Long, E-Club Hall of Famer, here tonight to watch his teammates, Charles Thomas and Carl Thomas, go in to the Hall of Fame here in 2021. Grant, can't thank you enough again, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for having me. There he is, Grant Long on the Eastern Insider Podcast. We'll take a break. We'll be right back to finish up. You're listening to the Eastern Insider, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.